0: I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm Forrest Hall. This is episode 107 of Real Church Matters, where we talk Real Church Matters because Real Church Matters. How are you guys doing? Doing good? That's great. I got another episode for you. Hope you don't mind. Uh, I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be something you'll enjoy. Before we get going, though, housekeeping. Search Real Church Matters on SoundCloud or iTunes Podcast. Subscribe, it'll make it that much easier. Every time I upload it, you'll get an alert. You can get right to listening to it. Uh, What I'm going to start doing is reminding you of specific podcasts that happened around the same time previous years. So back in 2017, uh, May 9th, we had episode 13. Why do bad things happen to God's people? This was a very good podcast. Very good podcast. Um, you hear that question all the time. Why do bad things happen to good people? And I kind of just took an O out and said, why do bad things happen to God's people? Because uh, we we got to deal with our sense of entitlement and our sense of expectation that if we're serving God or at least... Our idea of righteousness or serving God, then we should be living the good life um, and not understanding that sometimes the good life doesn't run synonymous with the God life. So listen to that one. And then um, May 10th, 2018, yeah, 2018 was the addiction episode, episode 64 So for all you alcoholics and drunks out there, just kidding. But for all you people who deal with any type of addiction, I had our dear sister, Felicia Jenkins, on. And I think that was her inaugural episode where she was on there and she was talking about addiction and the various uh, forms of it. And I think it was a cool conversation. Um, I always like talking with her because... uh, comes with a, a eagerness to understand and um, what else can you ask for from a conversation really so that takes us to this week um yeah there's other housekeeping i could say that if you're interested in giving and supporting the podcast you can do so by listening writing a review five stars all that but you can also do it by giving via patreon P-A-T. R E O N dot com for slash real church matters. Give as little as a dollar. It'll take a dollar a month. So that's you just giving, you know, twelve dollars a year. But it really helps. Like there's subscriptions to all of this stuff to kind of make sure that um I'm able to give you the quality that you um I feel that God's word deserves. And uh be able to do that, it takes money and when you guys give it offsets the cost. I appreciate it um it was a long week and I really was thinking about um just taking a week off and not doing this but um i i I, I felt that press you gotta love that press man it it'll it'll press you so episode 107 we're talking about worship and I'm, I'm gonna take the opportunity to kind of give some clarity. Um, When you guys think of worship, most of us think of it in the context of singing, singing praise songs, singing worship songs, songs that are worshipful. But I want to challenge you in your thinking because worship is not that. How can I put this? Because I want to start it. just jump right in there. To sing a song to God is only worship if the person who sings it fears and reverences God. Anything you do to anything with a mind of reverence and awe is worship. So when you give, it is an act of worship if you are giving out of reverence and fear of God. When you sing songs, if you sing it with a mind of reverence and fear, it is worship. It makes the song and the act of singing, whether by yourself or with others, worshipful. So I'm going to challenge you in this because we keep looking at we keep looking at worship music and praise and worship in the act of of performing or doing a, an action like singing and waving our hands and hallelujah and laying prostrate as a form of worship but challenge yourself. So I want you to know that when you type in the word worship it shows up Sixteen times in the book of Psalms, of all of the times where it is shown up, it is referencing to worship as reverence and never in accordance or connected to music or singing. I can grab any one of these. I'll grab one and I'll say, but as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy and in thy fear. Will I worship towards the holy temple? He's saying, I will bow. I will bow in fear. He will bow. That was an act of worship. Why was it considered an act of worship? Because one did that physically. And that was enough during that time to be seen as a sign of worship. To this day, other religions bow and lay prostrate. When they pray, they bow to the east and things like that. The physical act of bowing and laying prostrate is seen as worship. It is the physical act seen as worship. The, where it gets tricky is that the woman at the well was talking about worshiping, and she said that you know every you know time is called for. They go to the mountain. They go to the temple. And they bow and worship. These people did not sing songs because that wasn't their act of worship or reverence. What was was them for them to bow and pray and to perform uh, sacrifices. And Jesus said to her, that's your father's old stuff, but now comes a time where we will worship in spirit and in truth. So he's saying, we will reverence and honor in our hearts. And we will reverence and honor the truth. And so there's this dilemma. Is because there's people who don't reverence and honor the truth, but think they are worshiping in spirit and truth because they're singing songs to God. And they don't reverence and honor the truth because they don't reverence the word enough to obey it. They don't reverence the word enough to study it. They don't reverence the word enough to desire it. They don't reverence it enough to proclaim it. They don't even reverence it enough to stand on it in faith. They are not worshiping. They are singing songs. Let's keep going because, you know, I want to teach this and I want to make sure there's clarity there. So, In Luke chapter 4, verse 7 through 9, it says, and this is Satan talking to Jesus. He says, if if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Jesus' response, even if Jesus wanted to worship Satan so that he could receive all that was thine or all that was Satan's, he didn't have a piano. He didn't have drums. He did not have cymbals. He did not strike up into a, 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 a song a cappella. But, but that wouldn't have been worship if he wanted to. But Jesus answered to him and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written... Thou shalt worship the Lord thine God, and him only shalt thou serve. What was he saying? He's like, I, will, I can only regard and acknowledge and bow before God. I can't bow before you. See, this act of, of reverence is reflective in servitude. It's reflective in obedience. That's why Jesus said, If you love me, you'll sing songs to me. No. He said, If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. You'll reverence and value and regard my word above all else. That's worship. He said, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall. Thou serve. So there's this fear and this reverence. He says, I can't reverence you. I can't acknowledge you. I can't regard your words, even if you promise me everything. So there's that understanding that worship isn't about the act, it's about the heart and the spirit. And who and that possesses that spirit, what they regard, reverence, honor, value. And the values are messed up because people are thinking that they are performing worship. And they're not. The act of worship is spirit. It's immaterial. It's no connection to it everything that you see me do is either worshipful because it regards and reverences God or it's worshiping something else. So I want to make sure I I, I say this properly. John 9, John chapter 9, verse 30 through 32 the man answered and said unto them, "Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. So he said, "Anybody who be a worshiper of God, not one who sings songs, he's not talking about anybody who uh, regularly sings songs. Dances, sing slow songs. The slower the song, the more, uh, uh, worship it is. That's not actually true. Uh, the the slower the song, the pace of the song doesn't matter. Many of the songs, the uh, the style of songs that they sung in these other countries they were where David was and stuff, the tempo of the song wasn't actually slow at all. Um, It actually used to be a rather mid-tempo or fast. Slower the song doesn't mean the more more, more worshipful. The style of song doesn't define worship. Singing is singing. When singing is done by a spirit, a heart that is connected in reverence, fear, and awe of God and his word is worshiping him every single day second of the day (sighs) let's let's continue on we are at Romans chapter 1 verse 24 through 26 so it says wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves why Because they changed the truth of God into a lie. Look at here. I want you to look at this. He said those that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. There are people who change the truth of God into a lie. See, to honor the truth of God is to worship him. To turn the truth of God into a lie is to worship something else. He goes on to say, And worshiped and served the creature more than the creator now here's the cr- tricky part a lot of you have to get out of under get to understanding worshiping is bigger than that, the act it is the spirit and the truth that resides in it it is the spirit and the truth that resides in it i want you to understand this he said they changed the truth of god into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Now, I ain't never seen people sing to creatures like we sing to God. But you worship creatures more than the creator. It's not about singing to something. See, if y'all look at it you way, he's like, well, he said they worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. So these people must have been singing songs about people. No, they weren't singing songs about people. They were filled in their heart with reverence, awe, regard, attention, all to something God created more than the God that created it he said for this cause for this cause only he didn't say because they didn't sing to him because they never played any songs to him he didn't say because they listened to secular music and didn't listen to uh Natalie Grant or uh yeah I got to help me with these mercy me or any ccm God, uh christian worship or didn't listen to uh whatever the local radio station it plays that type of music for us in this area, WGTS 91.9, I think it is. It's none of that. You know, all of that is just an extension of, it. hopefully those songs was written by people who actually reverenced and honored God. But the genre of music doesn't denote reverence and honor. And hopefully those songs are listened to and sung by people who reverence and honor God. But to sing those songs is not the act of reverence and honor. And I challenge people to, you know, give me scriptures, you know, and give me give me some clarity if, if I'm missing something. Psalm 66 and 4 says, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. This is where the singing it takes on this element. So he says, all the earth shall worship thee. They will have a heart towards thee. As you have a heart towards him, then when you sing, you are singing songs about him and to him. It is our heart that is, directs our song. To God. Otherwise, we just singing a song about God. It is our heart that directs that song to him. How do I know this? He says, love the Lord with all thy heart, soul, and mind. If you sing a love song, but you don't love the person you're singing it to, is it really a love song to them, or is it just a love song? If you're singing Zionist colony to a higher place of praise, and the highest apex point of your praise is to sing and never to give one your full entire heart, soul, and mind, then you have not reached the highest place of praise, but you are singing about the highest place of praise. And you are singing to about Let's put it that way. You're singing about Zion, God, but you're not singing to him. What directs a worshipful song to God as worship is a heart in spirit and in truth worshiping. Taking the time. Take our time and God, There's some interesting things here. Uh, I wanted to make sure we understand. Psalms 29 and 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. So we look at this, this wording. He says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Giving him glory is not, in, is, is not the concept of song. So it's not, We give you glory, Lord. What is that glory? I challenge y'all to, to ask yourself, what is the glory that I give? Saying we give you glory is not giving God glory. What gives him glory? I challenge you. Because glory means high renown or honor. To honor someone, to recognize someone, to give a claim to someone. That is not through song. That is in mind. You can... It, it, Someone can say congratulations and not mean it because their heart's not there. Many people probably have said congratulations to people upon their marriage and probably wish for them not to even be married or for them to have a successful marriage. The word does not denote the definition. The heart, it defines the true meaning of the word. Give unto the Lord glory due to his name. If somebody told you to give God glory, I wouldn't be able to see you do it. If somebody told you right now to give God glory and you start saying, we give you glory, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, we, get, we glorify your name. How? How? I challenge you once again. How? How do we give him glory? Worship the Lord in beauty, in the beauty of his holiness. How do I worship him in the beauty of his holiness? By saying it, Lord, I worship you in the beauty of your holiness. That's not it. To worship God in the beauty of his holiness is to regard him as beautiful, to regard holiness as attractive and beautiful, to desire to inquire in holiness, to be In awe of, and attracted to, and smitten by, and taken, uh, it has your full attention. What is holiness? Holiness is him, his word. How can someone say they worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness, but do not gaze upon his beauty by reading his word? (laughs) uh, Man. Look at Psalms forty-five and eleven. It says, "So shall the king greatly desire that beauty." He says, "The king shall de- greatly desire the beauty of God." How do you you greatly desire the beauty of God? How do you do that, Lord? I I I want to see you. I want to see you. Well, I'm, I'm literally. I'm just going to butcher songs here. Now, mind you, I feel like I have. You know, I can say this because I love praise and worship music, because that's what we call it. Or I love worshipful music. I love music that is God-centered or God-focused. I write those songs that are God-centered, God-focused. I write them, I engage with them, and I love being surrounded by it. But I realized that I could write those songs without actually honoring God. I realized I can sing those songs without honoring God. I realized that I can put together songs, gather up a bunch of people, sing those songs, envelop the room in emotion without ever having my heart truly connected to God. I realized that I can break down in tears. I realized that with a heart the way that I had it, people can come to me and say, the presence of God was in this place. How can I conjure, how can I summon the presence of God in a place but not have him dwelling in me because I did not honor and regard him? I can only speak for me when I say that until I learned how to Worship God by loving him, all of him. Not loving how doing things to him made me feel. Or doing things towards him, or at least I thought I was. But I really was doing it towards me. Because it made me feel good. Like singing songs does. Just like your husband buying you or taking you out to eat saying, I want to treat you, but he only takes you to the place he likes to eat. He's never really acknowledging or regarding or honoring your mind or your thoughts. This is the problem. We think it's love as long as it's love on our terms. And because we operate in a very term basis, and I want to tell you, there's a level of regard and value for the praise and worship mantra or, or or the ritual or the act in church is more than the actual preacher preaching more than the actual teacher teaching there are people who feel like the presence of God has never been more powerful than in worship and then when the word come, everybody's just dumbfounded all the joy all the happiness is sucked out of the room. People leave church and they say, man, the praise and worship was powerful. Powerful how? I would love to hear scriptures that speak of this power, that is conjured and created through music, that is connecting people to a true worship. He said, the kings will greatly desire thy beauty. I I want to know, how does that one desire thy beauty? He says, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. Look, Psalms 66 and 4 says, and all the earth shall worship thee. And Psalms 81 and 9 says, there are no strange God be in thee, neither shalt thou worship any strange God. He told us that idolatry exists. He said that you can't serve God and man. Serve can also be synonymous with worship because the act, of servitude has little to do with doing, and with a and everything to do with a heart of servitude. I desire to please you. I, your wish is my command. Your whatever you say goes. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. This heart is a worshipful heart. When he says he wants us to worship no strange God, how can we sing to God but be at the mercy of our flesh? and Whatever our flesh says, we do. How can we sing to God and we only do what we feel like? We feel like singing. Singing is as much, and especially singing in church, is as much a part of black culture than it is even kingdom culture at this point. Look what he says. Psalms 95 and 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. They 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 kneeled in bowing in reverence to God. They didn't need music to do that. See, they they understood, they they loved to show a, a physical representation of their heart, which was set low before God. That's why he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. Look at this, he says. Psalm sixty and ninety six and nine says, "Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of Thy holiness; fear before Him all the earth." Who th- there are people who reverence songs, reverence worship song, singing, more than they reverence and fear God. There are people who have reverence for th- the the rituals of church more than the actual Creator. There are people who reverence worship singers more than they worship and reverence God. Revere them, honor them, respect them. These people say they lay prostrate before the Lord. These people who say they spend countless hours preparing themselves, consecrating themselves for worship. Never once do we Take into account, I I did for myself, and I said, man, you know, even being a songwriter and understanding, I want my songs to be true so that I can worship in spirit and in truth. I want to really mean it when I say, Lord, I love you. In order for me to do that, I would have to know how you want to be loved. I would have to love his word. You can't sing, Lord, I love you. And then we ask, you know, was when the last time you read your word or studied? Well, you know, I my relationship with God is it, it's just be me and him. And I I don't get caught up in reading the word. I just sing songs and praise to him. Now, in Psalms 97-7 says, confounded be all they that serve graven images. What we give ourselves to, what we lend our bodies to is a form of worship. You cannot lend your voice to God on Sunday or lend your voice to God when radio comes on and not lend your voice to God to proclaim his gospel, not lend your voice to God to consecrate every single vowel, syllable, consonant, word, noun, predicate, adverb, It comes out of your mouth, making sure that glorifies God. The true act of worship. He says they boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all ye gods. Psalms 99 and 5 says, exalt ye the Lord our God. How do you exalt thee? We say we exalt thee. Singing we exalt thee is not exalting God. I'm challenging you. How do we exalt God? When we say we lift him up high, how are you doing that? How are you lifting him up high upon the earth? The act of singing we exalt thee is not exalting God. He says, and we worship at his footstool, for he is holy. We worship, we bow, we reverence at his feet. These things are representative, physical representations, vis- vis- visual uh, metaphors for what has to happen in the heart. Has to. It says, we will go into the tabernacle, Psalms 132 and 7. We will worship at his footstool. Psalms 138 and 2 says, I will worship towards our holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. See, you can sing to God, but you're not understanding. You don't even, you don't praise and thank him for the things that he is. Not for the things he's done, but for the things he is. He is loving and kind towards you. That is greater than anything he does in loving and kindness. The fact that he is loving kind towards you and for his truth. He says, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. This is This is beautiful. When you read these Psalms and understand these are words that aren't just to be sung, but they're words to be lived. They are the template of the mindset of the Christian. They are the way we should operate, not the lyrics by which we should source and sing. David didn't write this stuff so it can be public domain, so that we can turn it into a billion songs. So we can chop and screw and sample his words without living an ounce of them. We're missing the point. Our job, is to worship God in spirit and in truth. That scripture is John chapter 4, verse 24. So then we come to the first time the word worship shows up in in the New Testament. We, We have Matthew chapter 2, verse 2, saying, Where is he that is born King of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Now, I know for sure that the three wise men weren't an acapella group. They weren't boys to men. They weren't a praise and worship team. They came with no instruments. They came with gifts to offer as symbols. They came to worship Jesus Christ. Worship him by bowing before him and acknowledging and honoring him as God before he ever gave his subjects his first rule, before he ever opened his mouth to challenge them. They wouldn't even be alive to hear Jesus and follow Jesus. But I believe that once he grew to be that 30-year-old man, that walked this earth on a mission, that if these guys were still around, they would have been following him because they knew who he was and honored him as such even when he didn't look like it. That's real worship. It doesn't take song, though it would have been nice if they broke out in song. It just doesn't take all of those things to worship God. If you want to worship him in song, you better understand the singing that song without a heart, they will cause you to travel all the way from the West to the East to come bow before somebody that wasn't going to give you nothing. This was a baby. He had nothing to offer. He didn't even have a place to lay his head. They came to give. Worshipful. Worshipful. Praises go up. Blessings come down. Interesting. Interesting how we try to apply the laws of physics to God. Interesting how the only way you can motivate people to praise is if you give them the promise of blessings coming down. Interesting how we want to attribute the the carrot dangling above worshipers in song as worship. Oh, if you just lift him up. If you lift God up, he he will take care of you. the, The blessings will rain down. His spirit will come into the place. God's power, his transformative power, the working that he does in us, manifests itself in the word of God. It manifests itself in our seeking of that word. It manifests itself in our obedience to that word. It manifests itself and our understanding of that word. You guys would have a better time worshiping God in song when you worshiped him in spirit through obedience and honor and reverence. You guys would understand that the person is sitting over there not clapping doesn't mean they're not worshiping. It just means they're not clapping. That the person over there sitting It's not just, you you don't know what they have going on in their heart. You don't know. You being motivated to get up and dance and sing has little to do with whether you worship and honor God. But what does is that you act on your reverence for God. What are the things that you do out of reverence to God? Please don't let the only thing you do out of reverence for God is sometimes sing songs to Him. Because there's so much stuff in the Word that you have yet to read and some stuff you have already read that commands your attention. It demands your attention. And He's looking for a few good people who really want to worship Him to acknowledge and hear his truth and honor it, obey it, and live by it. I've been in church long enough to know the people that sing the prettiest be the people that, that don't live the prettiest. The most talented musicians are the ones that never provide a sweet-smelling savor to God. This is, this is just a challenge. This is a challenge today. If you've made it to the 39-minute mark, congratulations. You've probably made it further than most. And some people are listening to this under the drowns and drones of all types of thoughts in their minds. And so they're never really, really hearing it. Not really. But for those of you who are really listening, let's take you to some more of these wise men, Matthew 2, let's go to verse 8. And he says, And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Because people wanted to worship. And in verse 11, he says, And when they came, they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother and fell down and worshiped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They fell down and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures. And this is where I want to kind of stop for a second. The act of worship is one's heart. But one's heart that is attached to worship and reverence and honor will always open their treasures to God. This is where singing comes in. This is where dancing comes in. This is where such beautiful expressions to God come in. They start with worship and they end with treasures. Open to him. See, some of you might have thought, okay, so this guy, he's coming against praise and worship. Nah, I'm coming against a reverence for praise and worship more than God. One who treasures God then knows how to open their treasures to God. Say that again. One who treasures God Knows how to open their treasures to God. See, these guys walked in obedience. How? How? See, I know they worshiped God. How you know they worship God? They didn't even sing no songs. They didn't clap. They didn't dance. They didn't scream in Jesus' face, Lord, we exalt thee. They didn't scream in Jesus' face, Lord, we lift you up high above the earth. They showed that they did. They showed it. See, our engagement, our our worship with God is, it's multimedia. It's multifaceted. It's not just sight. It's not just sound. It's every experience we can offer. It is 4D. It's IMAX. Why do you think it's one-dimensional? Why do you think it's two-dimensional? Why do you think it's three-dimensional? No, it's every part of you, every facet of you, every means of expression. But that doesn't even come unless one has a heart that treasures God. Because they treasured him, they honored the prophet's words. They obeyed the scripture. The prophet's words said that they were to look for this star. They followed the star. It connected with the prophecy. They found the child. They were obedient to the word. Everybody read the prophecy. But only these men. Honored it and obeyed it. Everybody read the prophecy. Only these men revered and, and valued the prophecy. So they, when they came there, they were able to see a king because they could see the word. They had faith in the word to see beyond the child they saw. That's worship. See, there's so much that went into this worship before they ever opened their treasures to God. And presented him gifts. Y'all think that you're worshiping God by presenting gifts. No. No. See, that them opening it up, their treasures, it's just their expression of what they already have done, which is obey his word. If you're not going to obey the word of God, If you're not going to have faith in the Word of God, if you're not going to see the Word of God above, beyond whatever you see in real life, you ain't worshiping God. So when you open your gifts to sing songs to God, it's empty treasure. It's fool's gold. Think about it. They offered him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These are things you could give to anybody. These are things that you can have right now. Somebody can give it to you. But they mean nothing if the person who offers these gifts to you, the person who opens these treasures to you, doesn't treasure you. This child wasn't even able or conscious in a way to say, oh, thank you for the gold. Thank you for the frankincense. Thank you for the myrrh. I really needed these things. No, they were gestures, extensions of a heart that worshiped. A heart that worship, the spirit that worship. I see bodies worshiping, I see people worshiping. God is looking for spirits that worship. Spirits. I see you doing an act. I, 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 let me even not even call it worshiping. I see you singing. I see you opening your gifts. I see you presenting your treasures. But if you haven't presented your bodies. As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. It is your true worship. If you're not worshiping God, then every other treasure that you present and open to Him is for nothing. It's for nothing. For nothing. This is why he told, Jesus told Satan, I I can't worship you. I'll only worship the Lord. I I cannot do anything in your name. I cannot do anything for your sake. Why would I obey you and it only benefits you and not God? Think about that. Think about the people who they do things with the intention of it benefiting anything and everybody but God. but I'm going to sing to God and hope you like my song. Hope you like my song. I'm not going to make it to service. I'm not going to study the word. I'm not going to endeavor to study it with people. I'm not going to fellowship. I'm not only going to honor the parts of your word I want to, but I'm going to sing you a song. Man. Look at this. Matthew 9 and 18 says, while he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him. He bowed before him and acknowledged him. He said, my daughter is now dead, but come and lay thy hands on her and she shall live. He acknowledged, he worshiped him. He revered him as one who is greater than all. He didn't seek him For his own glory, he sought him because understanding who God is and allowing him to be God, to be that healer, to be that God, to be that change in your life, allowing him to be what he wants to be is worship. He wants to do this. Can you imagine asking God to do something he don't want to do? Look at this, Matthew 14, 33 says, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped and said, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. God likes this stuff. (laughs) God likes when you come to the revelation that he is God. God likes when you come to the revelation that his Son is the Son of God. He likes when you acknowledge it. I know it don't seem like much. I know. I know you didn't sweat it. You didn't scream. You didn't ran across the church. You didn't shout it. You didn't spoke in every tongue. You are literally like the United Nations. But do you acknowledge and respond and live like God is God? Look at this. Matthew 15, 9 says, But in vain they do worship me. How can you, see, this is where we, we even have a, we have an unhealthy perspective of this word because the word is not exclusive to God. So much so, did Jesus said you worship in vain? So you can do an act of worship, but in vain. Teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So they're, they're doing an act that would be perceived as worship to the eye. But he's letting you know that beyond the eye, these people are doing it in vanity, in vain, not because it produces not an effect, but because it has no effect on God. He's not pleased with it. He's not impressed with it. He is not glorified by it. He is not exalted by it. Because what we do should glorify and exalt God. Not the songs we sing, but the lives we live should exalt God. The words we say, not when we're singing someone's words they wrote, but when we are articulating words from the pit of our hearts, they should exalt and glorify God. They should honor him. They should bring him up. They should bring him to the center. Everything that you do in your life should draw attention to God and not to you. So in vain they worshiped. Teaching for doctrines. Teaching as if what they were saying was God's word that should be operated in, obeyed. He said they did it but it was the commandments of men, not the commandments of God. Look at Matthew 15 25. She says, Then she came, then came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. She worshiped him, acknowledged him, bowed before him, submitted herself to him. This word is not her singing a song. She didn't sing a song to God and then say, Lord, help me. She didn't break out into a solo and then say, Lord, help me. She acknowledged him as being Lord by bowing and said, Lord, help me. She submitted herself. Lord, I'm available to you. This is nice to sing, but you can't, it's going to be hard for you to know God's a healer if you never acknowledge him as one who is free to do what he wants to you. You can't say someone's a healer and then when they diagnose you and give a prognosis and prescribe, you say, I don't agree with that. See, you're not honoring and trusting your doctor. That's how God is. If you say, Lord, help me. She didn't say how to help me. She rendered herself to his will. Just help me. Just help me. Rendered herself to his will. You got to see the truth and the spirit of the matter in the words. Look at this. Matthew 18, 26. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. Have patience with me. This was during the, he was sharing an analogy. And I want you to understand, like, this worship, this act of worship is bowing, reverencing, acknowledging, regarding. He's not making a decision on his own. He's a servant. He's not making a decision on his own. How can you, you sing all these songs to God, but you don't regard him in the actions of your life? You do not regard God in the actions of your life. You will sing a song to him, but you will never listen to him. You will sing a song to him, but you will never listen to him. Never. Matthew 28, 17 says, And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. remember, I said, you got to divorce yourself from the word. The word worship sounds like righteous, but worship does not denote righteousness. They ran to him and worshiped him. What did that mean? They bowed before him. And then by act, by physical act, they were regarding him and acknowledging him to be something that in their hearts they did not acknowledge and regard. (laughs) They worshiped the man even though they had doubts about him. That's craziness. There's people singing to God. oh, Singing songs of God, but they doubt him. There's people teaching the word, but they doubt him. There's people doing acts of servanthood and acts of reverence, but do not truly serve or reverence God because they don't meet his word with fear. Reverence and obedience they meet it with doubt with doubt. this is the beautiful this is the beautiful thing is that we have an opportunity to learn and to have some truth. I hope this is helpful. I'm just like having a ball here. I'm really having a ball um just a moment. Let me say this: I do these podcasts even when I'm tired. Even when I don't feel like it, I am doing these things as a service to a generation that probably has yet to even exist. If you get something from it in 2019, that's great. But I'm doing this as an act of service to a people who may not even be around years before, decades before, decades after I'm gone. If you get something from it, that's great. But I'm hoping that somebody down the line will listen to this and have an understanding so that we can do things but do it in the truth. Philippians 3.3 says, For we are the circumcision. We are the circumcision. We are the, 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 the holiness of God, the thing that has been, everything that's wrong has been removed. Which worship God in the spirit. Worship Him in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. These acts, these words, having no confidence in the flesh. You can sing a song and be so confident in your abilities and in your power, not in the act of singing. I'm talking about just in the act of life. You're not acknowledging God and having confidence in His direction because you have money or you have a network, or you have prestige, or you have reputation, but you think that you're worshiping God when you're leaning on yourself and what's at your disposal and not on God. That's not worshiping in spirit. That's just an act of worship, but a vain one. It said, let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility, and worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which have not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. He created these scenarios where they thought they were being worshipful, and they were worshiping angels and being tricked into this weird form of humility. He said all that stuff was made up by men. It's vainly puffed up. It's of a fleshly mind. We got to be careful because we're we're constantly creating things that is is made up by men. It has these semblances of angels and of fake humility and of fake honor and reverence. But where it counts, it's not there. That's why in Colossians 2.23, he says, Which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. When we are satisfying in, in, in a heart and a desire to satisfy God and his word and his will, we are operating in true worship. True worship. Second Thessalonians 2, 4 says, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped. And neglecting so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Because that's all God want to be, is God. And when you let him be God, when you operate as he is God, and you let him be God, you're worshiping. That's the beauty of it. Episode 107. Uh, What am I going to call this? Uh Let's just keep it simple, man. Worshiping. True worship. True worship. True worship. Yeah, I'll call it true worship. If you have any questions, um, and we could talk about this. I would love to talk about it more. I might actually have somebody on, but I did want to get these thoughts, uh, these, these things that, you know, God has been sharing with me. I just wanted to get them out clearly. I might, you know, revisit this again. With someone, but I I needed to to get a chance to just share it and and get it out in the air and get it in the airways and hopefully help bring some attention. Um nothing that I'm saying is is a is a challenge for you to stop doing anything. It is a challenge for you to start doing something. I don't want you to sit during praise and worship as what we call it, sit during the portion of church where we sing songs. I don't want you to sit in defiance. I don't want you to not be connected with it. But I want you to understand that time is a time that we set aside to open our treasures to God, That we to open our treasures to a God that we already treasure in heart mind, and soul. I hope I made that right. I hope I made sense of it. Um. Yeah. Episode 107. Real church matters. I'm Forrest Hall. By myself. Solo. Loving every one of you. In the truest sense of the word love. Matter of fact, let me make sure I say this. Loving every one of you. In the truest sense of the word love, because everything, every thought that I have towards you, I make sure it resembles the thoughts that God has towards you. Every feeling I have towards you, I make sure that it draws you closer to God than it does to me. That's true love. I wish I had more people love me that way. Love me according to What would please God more than what would please them? Find ways and endeavor to think of ways to push and drive me closer to God than to meet and satisfy their need or drive me closer to them. That's real love. I might not ever experience it from a lot of people, but I endeavor in my heart to give you that experience. Pray I created that dude. Episode 1.